We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome to the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. We are joined here on a Monday. Apologize for being a couple minutes late. If you couldn't tell, we had to make sure that we were uh, looking good for the show. You know, we got to make sure that we got our blue, our beauty rest. But we are here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast to bring you some insight into the Notre Dame recruiting landscape, Sean. So this is going to be a incredible show. I am Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at IrishBreakdown.com. Join with me is Sean Davis course recruiting analyst here at the site as well and we're Sean it's gonna be a hectic show man I mean first yes, and foremost, yes, first sir. and foremost and I know people are talking about it in the chat already look well th- th- for first let, let's let's backtrack hit that like button subscribe notification bell all that good stuff right subscribe to the message board boards at irishbreakdown.com we're gonna be talking a lot about the recruits that had big matchups this past weekend in high school football. That's one thing we're gonna talk about. Sean, we're also gonna talk about the college football landscape and some of the great games we got this past weekend. But of course, wanna kick things off here. There's a little bit of news that is circulating in the Twitterverse on all the message boards about Notre Dame and quarterback recruiting and all this type of stuff, right? So this is what's gonna happen here, folks. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, by the way. We are expecting to there to be some breaking news at some point during this co- this podcast. Okay, we are live here. When it happens, and if it happens, we expect it to happen. But when it happens, we may be having a special guest later in the show to kind of talk about it, decipher it, and we'll give our takes on it. And yeah, so there is probably some breaking news that will happen during the show. You have to be patient. Okay, patience is a virtue. As my father once said, my father didn't actually say that, but I wanted to say something cool. All right. So there will be some news dropping, Sean. There will be some news dropping. But man, I got to start by asking you how you are. This is a, uh, I mean, Sean, I'll tell you, man, I've been like, this has been a wild Mm. couple of days, a wild morning. I'm still absorbing everything. Everything's getting straight. I mean, we got some news yesterday about things happening. But I will say this is at this moment in the chat, Listen to me, folks. We are not predicting things. We're not throwing names out there. We're not. 
Because the one thing that we will tell you here is if you were on boards.irishbreakdown.com, you would have known yesterday, mm-hmm. about midday, that something was coming, right? Something's coming. But we run with ethics on this site. So we're never going to put a player's name out in the universe. I'm never going to take anybody's moment. I was just talking, Sean, to Brian about this, right? I'm a big believer. One thing I deeply believe in is that what we ha- what we create moments in life that are the memories, right? And those big moments we remember forever, right? And I am not going to take a young man's moments, right? Never. Good or bad, that's their moment to have. I'm not taking that. That would be disrespectful, and I am not doing that, all right? But when the news does drop, we will talk about it. But also, you would have known yesterday, and you would have known a few days ago that something was coming, right? So it's coming. Trust me, and stick with us during the show because we will talk about it at that point. But, Sean, crazy 24 hours, man, crazy morning. I guess how are you is a good way to start this podcast. man. I know you were just on Lucky Lefty too, right? So you have been double duty today, my friends. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, we felt like we had to put out some fires today, you know, because I think we put out our own fires internally coming off of that performance in the second half. And I think we got back to even kill. And I think we delivered a message today to be even kill. And I think on two fronts, like there is a piece that I think we should have about this team right now heading into week 12. 
And from a recruiting standpoint, I think all of us at Irish Breakdown have had tremendous peace about the success of this class since probably October. And that was solidified on November the 5th because that was pretty much the cherry on top of everything. Like, this is it. If you need something to finalize everything, this is it. And even with that, there's a chance things might get get even better, right? So I think last week we said maybe 27, 28 in the class. Yep. It's looking likely. Yes, yes, it is. Sean, I mean, we've talked about it a ton, right? 23 players in the class. There's only a few spots left. It's going to end very soon. I mean, I was just talking to Brian. I might be going away this weekend with my wife and, and some friends to Hershey for, you know, to nice. go to Hershey Park with all the kids and stuff. Yeah. And Brian's like, you go, you enjoy because December is going to be a grind. And I'm oh. like, feel that, brother. Feel that. I mean, we got we got the National Signing Day, of course, on the 21st. And then we're going right into the All-Star Games. And then the yeah. other signing day on the other side of the new year is going to be a wild couple months here on the uh on the side of the recruiting recruiting world so we're gonna get into it folks though all right trust me just stick around with this show if you're listening right now we will cover this news whenever it breaks we'll tell you how we got to this point where it's coming from here it's probably not going to be a full scope news that you're going to like be like yes that what's that mean right but there's going to be a part that needs to happen to get to where we're going, right? And that's kind of what we're waiting on today. Oh, Lucas, I can hide my excitement. I hate life, man. I hate life. I can hold my excitement all I want. I'm being supremely, uh, I'm being supremely, supremely sarcastic. By the way, you don't supremely. want to play us in poker. You don't want <laughs> no. poker faces. I have a really good sarc. So, Sean, you know what's bad is that I am really sarcastic. But mm-hmm. I also have a sarcastic tone all the time. And my wife's oh. always like, I don't know if you're being serious or if you're joking or I, I, I'm just like, I just my, it's my humor, I guess, you know, I have like yeah. sarcastic humor. So whatever, man, Lucas. All right, man, I'll give it to you. I, I'm a little excited. All right. This is the one thing about this folks. I love covering recruiting. I love covering the game of football. It's all great stuff. But you have to remember at the core, I'm a fan. Right. I'm a fan at the core of everything that is with me. I've loved Notre Dame since I was a little kid. So that's it, man. That's it. So we're gonna be we're gonna be juiced up when news breaks. We're gonna be juiced up about the future of Notre Dame football. That's what we're gonna do on this show, right? We're gonna come from a very non-biased opinion, right? Like I'm gonna give you guys my total and I think if you've listened to all of our shows this year, you know that when something's bad. I will straight up tell you it's bad, right? I'll tell you when something's really good. I'll do all those types of things, right? But for me, when something good does happen, I'm going to enjoy it. I am because I love this team, right? I love this game. I love Notre Dame football. Love it to my core. So we're always going to talk about that. But, Sean, let's get on to some recruits that are currently in the class. So on irishbreakdown.com, I just put it on Twitter. It was live a couple hours ago. But I – I made my weekly weekly piece where I talk about some of the biggest recruiting um, performances of the week from a commit in the Notre Dame class. So I want to drop this in the chat real quick because I want to talk about some of these performances. And Sean, we're going to take it a step further today. 
Because mm-hmm. not only are we going to talk about the numbers they put up and the victories they had and all that type of stuff, I want to also talk because if you're on boards at irishbreakdown.com, Brian started this thread this morning where he started popping in junior film, started popping in senior film of players that are committed to Notre Dame and just kind of the, the final product that's been on the f- field. So I want to talk not only about the performances from this week, but also so as some of this film's coming out, man, we got to look back and be like, wow, how would some of these guys have improved? Maybe improvement didn't happen quite as much as, as we wanted from some others. But I just want to kind of talk about senior and junior film a little bit too, because I know that that's what people want to talk about a ton. Obviously, guys like C.J. Carr are no longer in the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, Charles Jagasaw, who had a great senior year, did not make the playoffs with his Allman team. But we can discuss some of those as well, yeah. right? But it'll be fun to uh, to kind of talk about some of the senior and junior films. So I just put it in the chat for people that kind of wanted to take a look at that, if you would like. You don't have to. I just know some people like to see things, right? So, Sean, first player I want to talk about, Christian Brothers out of the state of Missouri. They just, they, I must said destroyed, but I should have said destroyed. They destroyed Marquette 42 to seven this past weekend, Sean. So of course, Christian brothers, who goes to Christian brothers? Oh, Jeremiah Love running back 2023 commits in the Notre Dame class. And uh, Sean, he is, he's a dynamic weapon, obviously. And I want to definitely want to get into some of his highlights. And if you go on this piece, I actually popped in, he, Jeremiah popped in a tweet this morning of his highlights against Marquette. So he ran for 139 yards and three tutties, did that on only 11 carries during the game, Sean, 12.6 yards per carry. And I just want to open the floor to this one, man, because we know Jeremiah Love was a big commitment. We know that it was a great get for Notre Dame football. But I'll say this, a couple key takeaways I got from him looking at some of his past games, some of the film is that he's gotten bigger substantially. He's really filling out. He looks explosive. And, brother, his jump cut for a kid his size, he makes dudes look stupid in the open field, man. What a get Jeremiah Love is for Notre Dame. Look, I sit back and I say to myself, do we outpunt ourselves? Do we, we, we outpunt the coverage? Like a lot of people say that when they see my wife, right? Like, boy, you know you outpunish your coverage. I'm like, hey, they say, the, they, they say the same thing to hey, me, man. I'm like, that's good. a compliment. Thank you. That, that's what happens when you dive in young. You catch them young, you don't have to worry about it. And I get that feeling about a talent like him and the other talents at the skill positions. It's like I look at this class and I say, did we really just amass all of this talent in one class? Because it is really that good. Like, we're not overselling. We're not, no, we're not pulling your chain. Ryan's not being sarcastic, and it starts with Jeremiah Love. And I think we were talking to Brian, and Brian was talking about just watching his junior film and his senior film and how much better he's gotten and just how confident he's playing. Look, the backfield is already pretty good. But the backfield, let's be honest, one missing piece it probably has is explosiveness. And that's what's being added. I think Coach, I think Coach D definitely was like, you know what? I'm going to get some explosive players for the backfield. Yep. And starting with Jeremiah Love, you wrote a great article about what two months ago when you talked about how important he was to the class. 
because of that ability, because of he's a big time playmaker. Mm-hmm. And yo, you were spot on with the article, and he was well worth the wait. Yes. Whatever process he had to go through with him, his family, he was well worth the wait for this 23 class and for Notre Dame. Oh, well worth it. I mean, Sean, like you said, right? Like, obviously, Notre Dame's getting more entrenched in the St. Louis area, right? Getting the mm-hmm. talent out of there. We've talked about that a ton. But, I mean, someone in the chat just compared him. And I'm trying to find it real quick. Berkshire Yanks, Sean, what a comp here. He says, love reminds me of Eric Dickerson. Berkshire, not going to quite go there, man, because, uh, I mean, that's comparing a uh, 17-year-old kid to a Hall of Fame running back. So, like, but I I like the style comparison, right? My original one, Sean, and I'll be completely honest about this, right? I said that he reminded me of Josh Adams because I saw the high stepping and the long speed. I'm like, cool. One I what I did not predict though, and one thing that Josh Adams lacked was Josh Adams was not a super kit a quick kid, right? Yeah, couldn't change direction really well because he was leggy, like he was a one cut and go type of runner. This kid, it pops in and out of his jump cuts, able to change direction really well. This is a much different type of athlete comparative to a Josh Adams, who was just a one cut downhill and run to daylight type of kid. Jeremiah mm-hmm. could do that, but he also the best part of his game is that six foot two hundred pounds or whatever he is six foot and a half two hundred pounds. He makes guys look stupid in the open field, man. Like he makes guys gripping for air. I mean, the one jump cut he had, Sean, he took it. I think it was zone right, and then he cut left because yeah. you know for the people out there that you know, so most of the time zones are meant to hit backside A to B gap, like that's where they're meant to hit. So he hit it that way. But then he stuck his foot in the ground and went the opposite direction, Sean. And for people that saw that, I'm just like, that is, that's different, man. Like, that's not ordinary. And so he's got rare ability. 99 cop problems, but BK1 just put a cool comp in here. He said Darren McFadden is an interesting cop. That is really interesting, 99 problems. I'll be honest, man. For people that don't remember Darren McFadden at Arkansas, my guy was unreal. And he kind of had the same stuff, though, Sean. Like, he was kind of a little bit of a high-cut kid, longer yeah, legs. legs. But he was a lot more quick than Adams was, right? Like, he could cut. He could jump cut. He could do all that type of stuff. So that's a that's a really good one. I like that one a lot. So, now we got <laughs> Tony Dorsett. Oh, sorry, Tony Pollard. Someone put it here. Josh Jacobs. There's – man, there's a lot of cool comps in here. But we talked about the reasoning for why it's so important, Sean. St. Yeah. Louis – dynamic player and i mean you talked about it right that running back room next season man yo jabron Payne got his action on special teams he you know he broke through and anytime you start seeing special teams reps it usually leads to other reps for young players it's good to see that you have him in the wings you have jadarian price you got jeremiah love you got jay lamar yeah look we don't want to say we told you, but we told you yep. that this class was going to erase the speed narrative, mm-hmm. the explosive <laughs> the explosive narrative, and any other narrative that was put out there that said Notre Dame doesn't have players. Yep. That, excuse is, that excuse is over. It's dead, man. You it's can't dead. use that anymore. You can't use that. Now, the spotlight goes to the coaches. Once these players get on campus, spotlight is on the coaches. 
because the 40 time, you know, we won't have too many more pro days, Ryan, where we're looking at 40 times and saying, uh, <laughs> over the next couple of years, our, our face is going to be more like, whoo. I, and I want to give some. I want to give some credit to Jay Henry, who apparently was the one that actually gave the Darren McFadden comp. So shout out to you, Jay. Sean, let's put it this way, right? And let's work through this together. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah Love is a blur. That kid may legitimately be a high four seven, four four type of. I almost said four seven. No, he's like a four four seven type of athlete. In this class, what number would he rank as far as straight line speed? So, like, all right, let's start naming guys, right? And you start naming them too. Micah fourth? Bell, right? Fourth. You think four? I don't even know if he's fourth. Because like, let's think I would, about I would, it. I would, I would think, go, go through the list because I was going to say four or five. Yeah. Go ahead. So Micah Bell is yeah. the fastest player in this class. Like, There's yes. no doubt. Dylan Edwards. Yes. Talked about him. He's a 4-3 type of dude. Peyton Bowen is a 4-3, yes. 9-ish type of dude. Dude right. can run. Christian Gray ran a verified 4-4-1 at the Ohio State – uh, Ohio yeah. State camp. That's number four right there. Yeah. And then I think the next conversation at number five comes to Jaden Lamar, Braylon James, Jeremiah Love. Who's the fastest of those three? Like that's where it comes down to, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot, Sean, you know who's had a great senior year and might be in that conversation too is Ben Minich. Ben Minich might be close to that, man. He might. You're right. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, literally. Like maybe he's fifth, but he also might be eighth. <laughs> That's saying wild. something. That's saying something. That is wild. That is, and we're, we haven't even tapped into his ability as a pass catcher. No. This is just strictly running the ball. As a pass catcher, he's an absolute weapon. Absolute weapon. Whether you line him up out wide, swing him out of the backfield, swing pass, wheel route, arrow route, whatever. He's a problem. Mm-hmm. He's a problem. He, I don't know if Notre Dame in the last two years has had a player that has to be identified pre-snap. Yeah. That everybody's like. That's that's him. He, don't, he's don't there. Him <laughs> right, right. Like, there he is right there. This class does that for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Defenses mm-hmm. will have to identify where Jeremiah Love is, right? Yeah. They're going to have to identify where Jaden Greathouse is lining up. Like, oh, he's in a slot this time. Mm-hmm. He's in a slot. Like, the difference makers are there. So, the fact that you just started out with him, he runs with like a lean, like everybody else. He's on a tilted field and everybody else is running in the opposite direction. And he's just slowly moving back. And then when he gets ready to like bring it back and just take off, it's just yeah. easy. Oh. You know, he's amazing to watch. That's why that one touchdown, I talked to Christian Gray about it. Like he was literally laughing at Christian Gray. He was <laughs> laughing at him. And Christian's fast, man. He's Christian's fast. fast. <laughs> he's laughing, and Christian Christian was laughing too. He was like, "Yeah, I had to laugh, man." He was like, "We were literally talking to each other as we were running." Oh, that's so and funny. Look, that's the type of talent, and this is why, as you were driving home Saturday, this is why, even though things felt a certain way, even though Notre Dame got a win, mm-hmm. you see 
a Sneed. And then I hear from Brian what you have to say about Josh Burnham and, yes. and warm-ups. Yes. And you start to hear all of these things from practice about the future and the freshmen. And you know about the class that's coming in. And it's easy to, it's easy to get over a game like Saturday. It's like, okay, don't worry. The, the future's coming. Just be patient. Yeah. Here's here's a great conversation. Ready? And I know we're spending a lot of time on Jeremiah. It's fine, though. I mean, he's an exciting player, right? That's a good place to start. Yeah. So last game, right? Notre Dame wins 35-32 over Navy. It's an ugly second half, all that good stuff. Brandon Joseph didn't play in that football game. So who's who's returning punts during that game, Sean? Matt Salerno. Matt Salerno's returning punts in that game. Next year, we are (laughs) – we're talking about a legit conversation where Peyton Bowen can return punts. Mm-hmm. Micah Bell can return punts. Christian yep. Gray could return punts if he yep. felt like it. Dylan Edwards could return punts. Jane Greathouse can return punts. He's got four punt returns for touchdowns this year, man, at the yep. highest level. We're not – I mean, and this is all due respect, and I'm not I'm not throwing shade at Matt Salerno. I promise I'm not. But your good, your good punt returner goes down, and we have to throw Matt Salerno back there. Yeah. Next year, next year, man, like one guy goes down, you're like, all right, put the put the next dynamic athlete back there, you know? Like it's wild to think about that type of stuff, man. Just the amount of talent that Notre Dame has from a speed perspective. Because that's because hey, we're talking about skill position right now, right? But mm-hmm. we also know Charles Jagasaw is a great athlete for an offensive tackle. Great yeah. athlete. Jaden Osbury. Really good athlete for a linebacker. Drake Bowen, really good linebacker athlete, right? We didn't even talk about a Don Schuler, who comparative to a Peyton Bowen isn't a elite athlete, but pretty dang good athlete otherwise, yeah. right? Like for his yeah. for what he is, like, man, it's gonna be wild next year. The punt return game, the kick return game is gonna be different next year, man. It's gonna be different, which is gonna give a guys a lot of a lot of opportunity to play, I think, early. Like, can't wait a minute. So, just imagine. Yes. Just one thing, just imagine what Brian Mason is doing with what he has now, mm-hmm. and give him the players you just mentioned yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. What do you think he can cook up in that special teams room? Yep. It's going to be special. Look, I already predicted it. I said they're returning at least four or five kicks next year. Think so? Wow. Once and kickoffs? Yeah. Yeah, I'll step out on that limb. Wow. I'll step That'd out be... on that limb four. Minimum. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not gonna put it I'm not gonna go, come back at that at all, Sean, because because I, I mean, hey, if you told me before the season that Notre Dame was gonna block seven punts, I'd be like, nah. Like Brian Mason's a really good coach, but like relax a little bit right like that's not gonna happen mm-hmm. so you might be very well right man that's man i because now sean now i'm thinking about this right because we're not going to throw peyton bowen and minich into this conversation right because they're defensive yeah. backs but could you imagine someday you might have an offense that has a two-back personnel or you have Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love or Jadarian Price and Jane Lamar. I'm talking about the speed backs, right, that you have on your roster. You have those two. Yeah. And then you have Jaden Greathouse out wide, who's the slow guy. You have Braylon James out wide opposite of – and then you have Dylan Edwards in the slot, man. 
it's wild. It's yeah. absolutely wild. So yeah, I uh I'm just like fangirling over here thinking about it, man. I'm like, can you imagine all that talent on one team? Like, can you imagine all that speed? Yeah. Another thing, Sean, because we talk about the kick return and punt return game. You know what else it also does is that next year for the kickoff coverage unit, the punt coverage unit, you know you're going to be seeing Drake Bowen and Jay Osborne running down some on some kicks. You know Peyton Bowen's going to be out there. You know what Don Schuler's going to be back there. Like, good luck to your punt or kick returner out there on the opposing teams. Like, good luck, man. Good Isn't luck. Isn't like the culture they're coming into? And Marcus Freeman talked about it today, that there are players on the roster clamoring to be a part of the Pete, the special teams unit and the punt block unit. Like, starters are begging for reps. Like, they want to be a part of it. So now you expect the freshmen to come in for what they're watching. Like, okay, yeah. I'm all in. Special teams, I'll play special teams. Absolutely. I'll be a gunner. Absolutely. So you like to see that type of excitement. And, you know, as we said, they need to change the U's at Notre Dame. Brian, Brian Mason has changed one of those U's. Right? Whether you want to call it special teams, U, punt, block, U, whatever you want to call it, that's what Notre Dame has become right before our very eyes. And we keep saying they can't do it. Not next week. They can't get another one next week, can they? No. <laughs> well, here we go, trying for eight again. <laughs> if I would have bet on the Navy game, Sean, I would say a hundred dollars. There's no way they're going to get a block punt this week. Like no That's way, it. man. Right. It's not going to happen again. Right. It's not going to happen again because you know right. it's coming, but it still keeps happening, man. Exactly. So Brian Mason special. There's some special players coming to Notre Dame. It's it's wild, man. Yeah. Let's go to another guy we just talked about, Sean, who had another nice performance this past week. Westlake defeated Cedar Ridge 58-10. to 10. Mm-hmm. So wasn't a gaudy stat number for Jane Greathouse in this game, Sean. He had four receptions that went for a total of 52 yards in this game, but there was an insane one-handed grab that he had. Snatched over a dude, came down went through contact, and like I said before, he also took his fourth punt back to the house. And on the piece I wrote, I have both the punt return on there. I have the, also the great catch. And I think, again, some people, I think, underrates great house a lot on the national recruiting scene because he's yeah. not the fast guy, right? But I'm just like, but guys, just makes plays, man. Like, that's just all it is. Like, he's physical. He's aggressive he is competitive and he's a good overall athlete so i don't care if he if he only runs in the four fives or four six or whatever the heck he runs because my guy is just a football player they won sean that moved them to 51 consecutive victories for westlake which is another conversation because not only is Jaden that good he's also that good playing against the best competition in high school football 6a in the state of Texas, man. So always going to give a shout out to my guy, Jaden, fantastic player. So let's talk about him, Sean. Give me your opinions of him. We talked about it a ton and let's talk about how he could fit into this team next year because he's going to be an early enrollee for 2023, obviously. I'll say this. I'm going to go a little bit off the board when it comes to Jaden Greathouse. I'm not about to talk about how fantastic of a route runner he is. I'm not about to talk about how his hands are fantastic and he catches the ball with his hands. 
I'm not going to talk about how good he is with the ball after the catch. I'm not going to talk about how good he is at 50-50 contested balls. I'm not going to talk about how physical he is on the inside. I'm not going to talk about how he still is able to get separation despite not having 4-4 speed. What I'm going to talk about is his attitude, the dog that he is, the competitive spirit he's going to bring to Notre Dame and bring to that wide receiver room. Coming from a winning tradition is invaluable. We can talk about all of the physical traits, but the most special thing that I think he's bringing to Notre Dame with him when he enrolls is that competitive spirit, that dog, and no excuses mentality. He's coming in as a winner. You don't have to talk to him about competing and winning. That's who he is, and he's infectious, and he's going to infect the other wide receivers in that room and raise their level of competitive fire. And when you get a guy like that, that's invaluable to a program because special guys like that only come along once every two or three years through your program. We possibly see it on the defensive side of the ball with a kid like Drake Bowen, how competitive he is, being on visits and working out on visits. Mm -hmm. Who does that? Who's on a visit to Notre Dame and chooses to work out at the Google or at the facility before he goes back home? Kids that are bought in, kids that believe in the vision, and kids that want to win really, really bad. That's what you're getting. We, you, you can talk about everything else. I went through what I wasn't going to talk about and pointed out pretty much everything that he's great at from a physical standpoint. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I love the most is the extra that he's bringing. Yes. The things that you can't physically and tangibly see, that's what's going to be most effective to me within that program. Because we're talking about inconsistency right now. That's what we've been watching. A player like him is going to demand that that stops. Mm -hmm. That's from his work ethic, his competitive spirit, and how he raises the level of everyone else around him. That's one of his greatest attributes, in my opinion. Because you you saw it with him being frustrated with his boy being at Clemson. He he built pretty much his career in high school rocking with his boy who's now at a D1 school. And he had to get used to this new start. And it didn't go well. You didn't hear him complaining. Yeah. Just went out, just dominated. If it was three catches, he dominated. If it was two catches, he dominated. And eventually, they hit their stride. Mm-hmm. And you start to see the production. And, and, like, and like you would expect, Sean, playing with Cade Klubnik, you're going to be more productive than not playing with Cade Klubnik, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's that's obvious. But to your yeah. points, and it's a great point, the, for the opportunities he gets, he dominates. He's showing right now. That it wasn't about Kate Klubnik. It nope. was about Kate Klubnik being great, but also Jane Greyhouse is also great. Like that's yeah. just point blank, man. I think he's so underrated because one thing you said that I agree a hundred percent is that right now some things that this team is missing, in my opinion, is that they have I mean, they have hard workers, they have dogs on this team. I'm not saying they don't, right? But when a play needs to be made, when there's a guy that needs to step up and be like, fellas. I don't care what happened the play before, 10 plays before, beginning of the game, middle of the game. I don't care up until this point what happens. 
because I'm going to make a play right now. I'm going to do it. I, I'm the guy. Like, you need a big play? You need a third and six? Hit me on an eight-yard eight in cut. Like, hit me. I'm going to make the play. Throw me the ball up in the red zone when the game is on the line. This is what I do. When you need me to flip field position, if you need to put me back at punt returner, put me back there. That's what I need to do. There is an attitude and a competitiveness to how Jaden Greathouse plays the game, which is so, so refreshing. So I think you said it perfectly, man. He's a ringleader. He's a competitor. He's a guy that's going to push the envelope and demand greatness, right? In order for a or in order for an organization, right, a team, a program, in order for the, for there to be greatness, someone needs to demand it, right? We know that Marcus Freeman's going to demand it. I think he is. I think he's going to demand that greatness. But also, there has to be a self-evaluation of yourself as a player to be like, I'm demanding it too, man. Yeah. Throw me the rock. Throw it to me. I'm going to do this right now, right? So, uh, yeah, Jane Greathouse. We're going to talk about him all the time, Sean. People are going to say, you know, Tobias can't really get on the field that much. Why is Jaden going to be any different? Because I just think that, one, he's an early enrollee, which is going to help. Two, there's going to be needs at the wide receiver group. And Jaden's just that competitive kid where I think that I am going to be able to count on him early on. So, yeah, going to be fun. Going to be fun. Look, like I said, you, it's we're about to witness – some different things. I, you probably listened to us on Saturday, but you spoke about it. Brian spoke about it. The guys from the class of 22 just moved different than what we've yeah. seen. Yep. Like we've seen a Jalen Smith come through, but it was always one. We've never seen it in multiples in class classes, right? It's been a while. Mm-hmm. 22, you have multiple guys that just move different. It's a different level of athlete. 23, they just move different. We're talking about maybe seven, eight guys in one class that just they just move different. They're a different beast. And now you start stack, just start looking at what we have at the beginning of the 24 class, right? Mm-hmm. Cam Williams is different. He's just like his junior film is like, okay, he's different. <laughs> CJ Carr. He's different, right? Brandon Davis Swain, he's he's different, and that's that's all you can say, man. We have heard for the longest time, and it's really irritated most of us, and I'm sure it's irritated some of the fan base. Notre Dame just doesn't have the talent. Mm-hmm. On top of that, Notre Dame just can't get the talent. Mm-hmm. Because of Notre Dame, their admissions and all of this. The 23 class spits right in the face of that. Spits right in the face of that. And the 24 class is doubling down on that. So I can tell you one thing that's changed for sure at Notre Dame. That's the level of recruiting. Yes. Level Level of athleticism for these recruits for sure, Sean. And again, the one thing there was there was some competitive, competitive dudes in this year's class. Like yes. we mentioned Drake Bowen. I just mentioned Jane Greathouse. Uh, Don Schuler is the same way, man. Like he's gonna demand, demand greatness out of people around him and of Absolutely. himself. So 
It's exciting, man. It really is. People are saying in the chat, Sean, this chat's wild, man. They said they said that I'm like look giddy or something like that. Am I glowing or something? Like I don't I don't know what's happening. To, to You're me. normal. Are you I kidding know. me? I, I, He's I a normal, know. giddy, sarcastic self. Like this is Ryan Roberts. Yeah, I think for people that have hung out with me, and you know, me and Sean got a chance to hang out a little bit when we were yeah. in town at the same time. Like I'm just like a, a pleasant dude, I think, right? Like I'm not, you know, I'm just. I think they're trying to gold us into like. <laughs> It's like we know what you're trying to do. Yeah, like, it's like that. Oh man, I my guy, my guy Dan Mulligan. I got to pull this up, Sean. Yes, <laughs> no, Dan. I am not pregnant. I I I don't think that that's how that works. I, I learned in um class at one point that that's not how that works. But I appreciate you, sir. It's funny. It's really funny. All right, so Sean, next guy. We spent a lot of time in the first two. Want to move over because we always try to give the big guys some love on this channel. Sullivan Absher who's on that thread at boards.irishbreakdown.com, by the way, some of his senior film. Sean, he has been just a menace this year, man. Just an absolute menace, right? So he mm-hmm. plays for South Point High School in North Carolina. They played Dudley, which is a good program in the state of North Carolina. They defeated them, Sean. You ready for the score? 74-41. to 41. They yeah. dropped 74 in a playoff game, man team ran because they run a triple option they ran 351 yards and six touchdowns seven and a half yards of carry on only 47 carries sean seven and a half yards of pop in a playoff game and six tutties i feel like we don't talk enough about sullivan absher man but i've watched the senior film he's gotten bigger one he's got to be over 300 pounds now has to be and he is just a physical Physical dude, man. Absolutely dominates people in the run game. I'm excited for Sullivan Absher to get on because he's another guy that brings a lot of attitude to the fields. Yes, he does. Like, he's almost a different person off the field than he is when he's on the field. But this is my my question. I'm interested. Like, when you talk about offensive linemen today and being ready to compete, how does this offensive line group, starting with Sullivan Absher, where do you think they sit physically as far as being able to get on campus and compete? It's a good question. It's a good question. Because, Sean, it's, it's a great point. It's something that I wanted to talk about a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Charles Jagasaw, who we're not talking about today during this recap because he's not playing in the playoffs right now because of his right. team, right? So he's changed my opinion a lot on the offensive line recruiting because I remember when Elijah Page decommitted, I'm like, Notre Dame needs to find a true left tackle like they yeah. do. And then they start recruiting Christopher Tarek, who's committed to the University of Wisconsin. He's more of an interior lineman, right? Like he's going to play right. guard the next level. Be a good one, I think, too, wherever right. he ends up. But I'm like, where's the left tackle? Where's the left tackle? And then I watch Charles Jagasso's senior film. I'm like, oh, there's the <laughs> left tackle. Because I thought he was a right tackle and maybe yeah. best inside a guard. He looks so more controlled this year, man. So much more. And he's already he's always had that physical profile, right? right. So – I mean, he's going to be physically ready. He's going to be 6'6", 300 pounds, and athletic. So, like, those guys always have a shot, even though offensive linemen are usually more weight and develop type of thing. But there's going to be a couple of guard spots open next year, right? So why can't a Charles Jagasaw come in and compete early on? So he's one, I think. I believe you agree. I don't know if you agree or not. But so he's he's physically ready. Mm -hmm. Also – Sullivan Absher's a player that physically 
He's going to be ready. Like, he can compete, man. He can. I mean, he's 6'6", 6'7", 300 pounds right around there. He is a physically impressive, impressive football player. Now, his biggest adjustment is going to be he plays in a triple uh, triple option, right? So, like, pass blocking is not a thing for him right now. Like, pass blocking is just play action for him, right? Like, there's no true – 45 degree sets. There's no true vertical sets. Like he doesn't know how to pass protect right now, but physically he can come in and can play like for sure. In my opinion. I mean, I think that he's going to be able to get in the weight room, develop that way, but I think he could play. I think he could play early on. It's just his, his develops more from like, they just don't ask him to do those things in high school right now. Like, you know what I mean? So that's that's when the class had Eliza page, the one thing we loved was the fact, oh, man, we literally have a starting unit. We have our two tackles, we have our two guards, and we have a guy that can play center. And that's what we're excited about. And then the defection of Elijah Page, you're like, okay, now, you know, okay, they want Christopher Terry. He's more of an interior guy. Now you watch the film, like I said, the Jagasaw, okay, we have a left tackle. But yeah. even more than that, I think you have guys in this class along the offensive line that can play multiple positions, which is more even more valuable when you think about a guy like Emil Wagner, who's going to be in competition at left tackle. Some other guys that are in the class, Billy Shrouf, who's going to be involved on the inside. You're still going to have Zeke Carell there on the inside. Jared Patterson's gone. Josh Love is gone. But you're going to have a lot of different guys, and Harry's going to have his moment to build his own Frankenstein of the offensive line per se, like just to mix and match and to see which works better and getting guys involved and cross training in multiple positions. And ultimately, you know, what he comes up with going into the spring, I would be very interested, including the early enrollees. That's the one thing I'm sorry. Cause CJ won't be getting there. He won't be enrolling early. Because yeah. he'll be going into wrestling season. Gotcha. He has to defend his wrestling championship. So CJ won't be coming until the summer. That's Charles but, Jagasaw, just so people yeah, don't confuse Charles him with TJ Carr. So, yep. Um, so, but even with that, that's why I asked the point. Physically, this is an impressive offensive line group because physically they can come in and compete, yep. right? And learn technique and get better. That's Perry's going to lay his hands on them. Not in a yep. spiritual sense. I'm sorry for people out there, but he's, he's going he's to get his hands on them and start to mold them. But just the fact that physically you have a group that's physical and the tackles are athletic and versatile. Mm-hmm. Look, Harry is going to love getting all of these guys into their room. He's, he's going to love it. And for me, I think a guy like Ty Chan, now do you bump him inside. Because he's, he's a massive kid. Sean, Sean, I saw we saw him at the spring practice where I was just yeah. like, who's that dude, man? Like he's a, he's a big kid. I'm like, Yeesh. I didn't know who he was at that point because they just had the number on. Yeah. I'm like, I looked up the roster. I'm like, oh, that's Ty Chan. Like he's yeah. a he's a big, big kid. Yeah. So I I mean, for you, Sean, like I'll say this too, right? He's not like physically. Charles Jagasaw, I think, could compete early. Like, he can. Mm-hmm. Will he be able to, you know, getting a starting spot and do Who knows? Who knows? But physically, he could play. Yeah. Sullivan Absher could play physically. You know yeah. who else could definitely play physically is Sam Pendleton. He might not have the yeah. highest ceiling, 
<clears throat> excuse me, of the class. Uh-huh. But physically, I mean, that dude is put together. He is strong as an ox. He can handle playing football right now on the college right. level. Like, he's that dude. Joe Odding's the only one right now. He needs development. Like, he's 270 pounds, you know? Like, he's he needs the Ashton Craig treatment where you red shirts, put on weights, do all that type of stuff. And that's no shame. I mean, most offensive linemen don't play as freshmen because that is it. It's not an easy transition. It's not. So that's the only guy. But I, I do think that's going to be interesting watching the guard conversation next year. Yeah. We'll talk, obviously, more about this in the offseason a ton. But you're losing Jared Patterson. You're losing Josh Lugg. You have guys on the roster right now that you like, like Billy Shroud, for instance. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see Rocco Spindler and, and those types of guys. We'll see how it kind of fills out. But, again, I mean, if a Charles Jagasaw, it, you know, it's a little different since he's not going to be here in the spring. But, like, if he's good enough to play early on, there might be a spot. Like, we'll see what happens. So, going to be interesting, man. But I just wanted to throw a shout-out to Sullivan Absher for his team's accomplishment this week and talk a little bit about his senior film because he really has looked fantastic, gotten a lot bigger, filled out. Another guy, Sean, that has filled out a ton. So this is a little bit of a weird one. Mm-hmm. So in this piece, this is about you know playoff play, playoff teams. Yeah. So Owen Wafel, who's at the Hunt School here in Jersey, about thirty minutes from me, goes to Princeton out of Princeton, New Jersey, the Hunt School. They played Wyoming Seminary Prep this past <laughs> week, and they won. 54 to 20, Sean. So th- I did not know this, but I actually have a buddy that coaches there. They are like a weird private school. So like they don't have playoffs or anything. They just play like a regular season slate. So their season's over, right? Yeah. And I wanted to talk about this one because not only did Owen Wafel have a great game in this game, 54 to 20, he had eight more tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks on the season, Sean, put together this in nine games. Nine games, 64 tackles, playing D-tackle, by the way, 64 tackles, 24 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, seven quarterback hurries, and three forced fumbles. Playing three-tech, folks. Playing Uh three-tech. Yeah. And he's a kid, Sean, for me, when he commits to Notre Dame, he's about 6'2". He's listed at 6'3", but he's about 6'2", and he was probably like 255, 260 last season. Now he is like a legit 270. And if you see him, he is physically put together. So playmaking knows at the next level could be. I just wanted to shout this one out, though, and start this conversation because his film has been fantastic this year. Mm -hmm. I now see why Notre Dame wanted him earlier than maybe we would have taken him at first. And he put together a dynamic junior campaign for Hunt School. Look, when he first got the offer, I think we did a show together. And we were like, yo, I think this kid is going to show something in his junior year. We said it. And then he went out there and he put the film out there. And I remember you talking to me offline like, yo, we're talking about everybody else, but we need to be talking about this kid. Now, I'm interested. Does he turn into like Riley Mills where he's able to play multiple positions? Or does he go inside and become a playmaking three you know, on the interior that I'll be interested to see once Matt Bayless gets him into the program to see what they forecast him as an athlete. But look, we've heard it's the same thing. I think talking to Brian offline, most people just overlooked a kid like Donovan Heinrich, but everything we hear about him, 
about what he's doing in practice, like, yo, this kid, he's going to make plays. Look out for him. And I think that's going to be on Waffles, you know, track. Yep. Like, he's going to be overlooked. And then once they get into school, you're going to realize, oh, yeah, this dude, yeah, he can play. Like, yep. This dude's a stud. I saw somebody in the chat say, yeah, that dude is a unit. You're right. Yes. He's yes. physically man. He might be – is he the equal physically to, like, Brennan Vernon? Well, I mean, Brennan's a lot longer, and it's a different body okay. type. So it's a yeah. tough – you know he reminds me of, Sean? Physically, I think that what Owen Wafel is ultimately going to be is a more athletic version of Kurt Heinisch. That's what I see, right? Like mm. a more penetration style nose, Kurt Heinisch. And if you remember Kurt, like Kurt was put together, man. Like he had a barrel chest. You know what I mean? Like he was, yeah. he was, he was pumping up the iron a little bit on the bench press, man. Like that's what I see, though. Is I yeah. see, I see Kurt Heinisch with more athletic upside in Owen Wafel. That's what I see. Which we remember being there at the pro day, and Kurt was probably one of the most impressive presses impressive performances to us because we were like okay he ran fast and we thought he definitely threw the 225 up he sean he ran sorry to cut you off but he ran sub five seconds in the 40 yeah. at 300 yes. plus pounds man like yes. he was moving he was he's moving. moving and yeah. i remember we both looked at each other like okay and then you see what he's doing with the texans and it's like okay like yeah we see, but he was invaluable all way for guys like that just put a C on their chest in the future. <laughs> you can just see it. Like, just put a C on their chest in the future, man. Motor, nonstop, makes plays, able to get in the cracks, very smart, leverage. Like you said, three technique might be up, get up field, three technique might be his thing once he gets to Notre Dame. I was just wondering, because, you know, when I think about guys that are well put together, I think about Brennan Vernon in this class, you know, and he, in my opinion, is right along there. But like I said, Brendan Vernon is a little bit longer, probably a different body type, a lot wider yeah. in a sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. Why, wider wider shoulders. Yeah. Like that's Brennan, right? Like Brennan's a defensive end. Like that's what, yeah. he, that's what his body type is right now. So Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Owen Wafel, much better player than I originally anticipated. Really had a nice junior year. I'm excited to see what he brings because he's a younger kid for his age, for his grade. Yeah. So could he take another big jump as a, as a senior? Does he maybe grow an inch or two, get a little bit longer? Like I think all those things are on the table. So it's uh, 
it's really it's really interesting to see. So last guy I wanted to talk about, Sean, because again, we're expecting breaking news here anytime soon here. But on my last player that I want to talk about, Sean, who we talk about every single week and in a very good way, is Drake Bowen, linebacker out of Andrean. They defeated Lafayette Central Catholic 30 to 12 this past weekend, Sean. And man, it's hard to imagine Drake Bowen having a better playoff run than what he's having right now, man. Because yeah. hey, he could sit on his defensive stats and you'd be like, Drake balled, right? I mean, he had 10 tackles in this football game, had a tackle for loss. He had two interceptions, including one of the best interceptions that you'll see all season, man. Just a crazy snag. I saw all the other Notre Dame recruits like Cam Williams talking it up. I mean, it was an incredible, incredible interception. So yeah. you're like 10 tackles, two interceptions? Like, baller, man. In a win? Awesome. Yeah. What, what you don't know is that – well, everybody in the chat does because they follow along with us. But what most people don't know is that Drake Bowen's also a dynamic running back at his level, man. 227 yards – and two touchdowns on only 25 carries, Sean. About nine yards a pop on the night for Drake Bowen. I believe that now is his third straight game of over 200-plus rushing yards. Like, he's been on a tear in these playoffs, at least been the last two games. On the season, Drake has 125 tackles, 13 tackles for loss. He's got those two interceptions. He's got three sacks, four pass breakups, and three forced fumbles. Oh, not to mention... Over 1,300 yards, 1,331 yards, 21 touchdowns, also averages 7.3 yards per carry. Yeah. Also has nine catches for over 216 yards, over 20 yards a catch, and three more scores. My guy, Sean, we talked about the competitor that he is, right? right? The recruiter that he is. Mm-hmm. But I think people lose, lose sight of the fact that – Drake Bowen's a great football player. Like this is a top 50 level player nationally, in my opinion, yeah. and a couple of recruiting services opinions, right? Like Drake Bowen's a dynamic player. We'll talk about guys that might have a C on their chest eventually. That might be Drake. Like he's that type of dude. Oh, absolutely. And this is something people, because he is so, he's such a quiet kid. But if you catch him around the recruits, his personality comes out. And you see why. He is like comfortable leading the way as one of the lead recruiters. Like once he gets around his guys, you see a totally different side of him. And, you know, I'm blessed to just be able to, you know, have a relationship with him that, you know, we spent the summer talking back and forth when he was traveling, playing baseball and just talking about approach. And he was struggling and we were talking about, when he was struggling to hit the curveball, what to do adjustments, what I did. And in talking about that, I came to realize just how great he's funny, bro. Like he'll crack a joke on you in a second. Right. So they post a clip from Saturday and Cam Williams retweets it. It's like, no, Christian Gray retweets it and says, oh, this is this is what we're doing. The one handed interception he had. And so I retweet and respond to Christian and say, you know, he just act just out there acting like he don't have no home training. Like he doesn't know how to act in visitors on the visitors football field. And everybody got a kick out of it. And so Sunday I'm talking to him and I said, you know, next year you're going to have a new position. And he was like, what? I was like, you're going to be the scout team fullback for Navy. 
and he bust up laughing, right? So it was, it's just funny stuff. Like he has a great sense of humor, which kind of like goes unknown. A lot of people don't know. But once you get him to feel comfortable, and you you definitely see it, if you go to any home game and you watch the recruits as they're around each other, there's always one person at the front of the picture. Yep. Always. And it's Drake Bowen. Every single time you see the picture, Drake's right there and everybody's just amassed around him. And he's just that kid. He's a great all-around kid. And like you said, I got to watch his athleticism when it was being doubted and when he was dropping in the rankings. I went. To, I go and watch this kid on the baseball field. This mm-hmm. kid walks, still second, still third. And I'm sitting up here like, you're doubting his, they're doubting his speed? <laughs> He's playing third base. It's a lazy narrative, man. It's such a ball, lazy narrative. Air hand running towards the plate, throwing across his body, nailing the guy at first. And I'm like, he's stiff. I'm like, really? And I'm getting to watch it in a totally different form. So I don't buy into it. And now, you know, they had national people at his game on Friday. Why? Because they have to correct things and mm-hmm. they have to get it right because they know. Like they had no reason to drop him at all. Yeah. yeah. But now they're trying to correct things. It's just crazy, man. He's a great leader. He's going to win another. I predict he's going to win another state championship because they're going to dominate everybody. And that just goes to the fact that they were willing to step out early as a program and play teams in 5A. Um, They played Maryville, one of the top teams in the state. And then they came here and played Creek, one of the top teams in Illinois that made it to the semifinals in the state playoffs. And so they're battle-tested. He's battle-tested. He's played well every game against the best competition. So whether it's running back, linebacker, he is an all-world athlete, and he's even more special as a young man, as a person. So that's what Notre Dame is getting. Yeah. It's fantastic. Man, could you – Sean, I never even thought about that, man, but he would be – could you imagine Navy with him as as their uh, their dive bag? As their dive bag. (laughs) That'd be fantastic. And of course, you know, of course, you know what he said. He was like, "I'll do it." And I'm like, "I know you. I know. I know, I know he would. I, I know he would." <laughs> I don't think we really want you to do it. But you know, yeah. you know who's who uh, who's going to be his best friend is Brian Mason. You imagine all the things that he's going to ask Drake Bowen to do on special teams, man. Like he's going to be like, kick return, kick coverage, punt return, punts, everything. Like that's going to be Drake Bowen. Man. Who's going to love him more, Mace or Bayless? Man, that's a good question. Because I mean, he's a work, he's a workout warrior now. Yeah, and the crazy part about it is that Drake's two hundred twenty six pounds, but he could still get even bigger, man. Like he could be two forty yeah. easy. Yeah. Like he's gonna be, man. Yep, it's gonna yeah. be. Uh, so basically, for you, what's that? would you would you bring him off the corner? Because they they blitz him off the corner a lot. And yeah. would you keep him inside? So it's funny when I had my conversation with him, he even talked a little bit about that, Sean. He said that Notre Dame has kind of said like, Hey, you're probably going to start at will early on, but you could play Rover. You could play Mike. You could even play Viper. So, I mean, I think the answer to me is that I would use him everywhere. Like Drake Bowen would be like my chess piece on defense on the second level. Like he's blitzing off, he's blitzing off the edge. He's blitzing A and B gap. He's playing in coverage. He's doing everything. Like I I just think that long term, 
because the thing about him is that he's such a smart kid too, right? Like there's, he, there's some kids where you're just like, I want to keep everything super simple with that kid. I don't want to ask him to do too much because it's just yeah. overload. I don't think you can overload Drake Bowen. Like, I think that he's a kid that would just get it eventually, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. man, it's going to be, it's going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild. I, cause we just talked about the offense a little bit ago, right? Oh, the speed that's coming to the offensive side of the football. Yeah, Notre Dame's getting a lot of athleticism in certain spots of this defense as well. And I know we talked about Ben Minich earlier, Sean. Like I didn't highlight him in the piece this week, but I don't know if you agree with this. I would love your take because I know we talked about him a little bit earlier about the speed aspect of him. But I'll be very honest, be very frank with people, right? When Ben Minich committed to Notre Dame, I was kind of like, okay, all right, like depth piece, special teamer, cool. He looks like a completely different player this year, man. Yeah. I was just talking to Brian on the phone before we got on, and I think there's a legitimate conversation. Malik Hartford is the other safety on the next side of him. I think there's a legit conversation of like who's the more dynamic football player, Ben Minich or Malik Hartford. Malik Hartford's definitely bigger, definitely more yeah. physical, downhill, yeah. dude. But yeah. when you talk about how Minich could affect the football game, I mean, he could play single high. He could play in the slot a little bit. He's definitely going to play special teams. Like, who's a more valuable football player to a team? I think that's a conversation that we can have. Yeah. Ben Minich is like the B-side to that, that single that's played on the radio. You know, you play the single on the radio and everybody knows it because they hear it. But if you just happen to go buy the album and listen to the B-side, you end up playing the B-side more than you play the single. That's been managed. Like, the more you watch his film, you're like, you know what? I think I might like this kid more than Hartford. Or I might like this kid more. I'm not saying that I wouldn't take Hartford. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you start to build up an appreciation for the kid because you see he's a little bit more than what you thought. Like, yeah. Because most people might use stuff like filler, throw in to the class just to add numbers and depth. That's not who he is. That's not who he is. He's much better than that. And I think we were talking, and I was like, I can see him coming in and possibly from a special teams and then later on have a similar impact. I'm not. He's not the same size, weight, or anything like that. But a Drew Tranquil type impact, late addition to the class, you know, committed elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Not like Ben Minich was, but just, you know, when you got him, you knew he was solid, but you didn't know he would come in and do what he did early on. And I think mm-hmm. Ben Minich is going to come in. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah. You, you talk about Mason loving Drake Bowen. I think he's going to love Ben Minich too. Brian Brian Mason's going to have a lot of friends in this freshman class. That's what we said earlier, right? Like if he's doing what he's doing with the talent he has now, which is good talent, we're not saying he doesn't have talent. Wait until he adds on to that with the 23 class. Yo, because at that point, like we said, all of the excuses that have been put out there, Notre Dame can't recruit elite talent. They can't get elite athletes to come to Notre Dame. That's yep. over. That's yep. over with this 23 class. And they're double, doubling down on that with the 24 class. So, look, 
I love this kid. I think, I don't know if it was a conversation with Brian or you, but we were talking about, yo, I know he plays next to Malik Hartford, but was he overlooked for a long time because he played next to Malik Hartford? Like, because Hartford was deemed as being so good, five-star. Alpha, alpha, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You know, the people just assume that, oh, he, you know, like well, I, he's I, probably, I, he probably looks good because he's playing next to him. Sure, sure. And he's crediting him for just not – he's a good – he's a really good player. I, I think there's validity to that, Sean. I mean, you know, getting underrated because you're next to a guy that is 6'2", 200, like, dude, right? Like, yeah. Willie Carford's yeah. a dude. He's going to Ohio yeah. State for a reason. Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's a guy. He's a dude. But I think that there is some underratedness that does happen when you're sitting next to a guy like that. Because the one thing about Ben is that Ben is, you know, 5'11", 185 pounds. Yeah. Not like – I mean, he's – talented but he's not i mean he's not malik hartford talented physically no. right like he's not that guy but i also think the other thing is is off the junior film i didn't quite see the speed that he's rumored to have right like that track yeah. speed senior film is different like yeah. i see the speed now i'm like oh okay he can move he can move like he was rumored to move like he can move in that in that degree so yeah he him braylon james adon schuler drake bowen they're gonna be micah bell yeah. Peyton Bowen, those are going to be some of Brian Mason's best friends. <laughs> Preston Zinter, like you can just keep going and going and going. The coverage unit's going to be a little different over the next couple of years for Notre Dame. Yeah. There's a lot of speed coming to that area, which is. And it's not just that Minage's speed shows up on film this senior season, it shows up against really good competition. You know what I'm saying? They play good competition. In the state of Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, they're getting ready to play for either in the semifinals of state coming up. Maybe semifinals was last week, I, I, but they're coming to the end with a chance to to win another state championship. So, yep, he is ba- he's battle tested. He's a kid from a winning program. He's a winner. That's the one thing you can say about this class, right? They have winners in this program that can transform your program outside of what they can do physically because they raise the expectation. Uh, we talked about this entire 23 class. They expect to be the difference in this program. They expect that. Like coming in, they expect we're the class that is going to get things over the top. Now they have to go out and prove that, but that's their expectation. And a kid like Ben Minich falls right in line with that. He falls right in line with that. You know, we talked about Jaden Greathouse. We can talk about all of his physical attributes and what he does on the field. He's a dog. His mentality is going to raise the level of that entire wide receiver room. It just is. And we said it. Maybe I would love if when Brian jumps in, I would love to ask the question, like, when was the last time Notre Dame had a guy? I probably know the answer. When was the last time Notre Dame had a guy on offense that defenses had to point to every snap? And I think Will Fuller. Fuller. That was the last one. Chase Claypool 2019. Okay. Second half of the year, more so. Like, he wasn't like that, but you go look at what Chase did the second half of the year. He was a monster. 
And being at every game that year, I mean, you you'd see it. Teams are built their entire game plans around them. I mean, you can smirk at it, but I mean, I, I I was at every game, and teams absolutely built their defenses around trying to stop Chase Claypool that year, and they couldn't. Yeah. I mean, they still couldn't. And you, you know, go. I mean, so so, but but that was for a half a season. I mean, it wasn't the case the first half of the season. That didn't start right. happening until till later in the year. Uh, before that, it was it was Will Fuller, and right. before that, it was Michael Floyd. Well, Tyler Eifert in 2012 and the Michael Floyd. Right. Um, but I mean, you go, you look, you go look at, uh, at Chase Claypool, you know, Louisville game, he was good. New Mexico game, he was good. Georgia, Virginia, Bowling Green, USC, Michigan. But then Virginia Tech, he goes for eight for 118, five for 97 against Duke, seven for 117 for four touchdowns against Navy, seven for 60 against Boston College. And he's part of the reason Braden Lindsay was running a jet sweep for 60 yards because BC was so worried about Chase Claypool, they forgot to have yeah. to defend Braden Lindsay. Goes for three for 63 for two touchdowns against Stanford. Doesn't play the second half because you remember they, they were blowing them out. And then he goes for seven for 146 against Iowa State. So, so that's the – yeah. Even if you don't think one of the freshmen will be that guy, we fully expect Tobias to be that guy. We hope yeah. he's that guy next year. Yeah. The team say, okay, where is he lined up? I know? think the thing for me, guys, is is what, what makes – Ohio State hard to defend. What what made Oklahoma when they hard to harder to defend when they were rolling. You know, Ryan, I think what made the Clemson offense so difficult in 2018 is you 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 could try to take a guy out, but fine. You know, okay, take T. Higgins out. Okay, Justin Ross is gonna go for five for Buck 20 and Hunter Renfro's gonna catch nine passes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's kind of where really where you want to be, because you know, like the the you, to truly have an elite offense, I think you'd need more more than just one one great player. You know, right. like as good as Chris Brown and, and uh, Amir Carlisle were as, as complimentary players, if you could take Will Fuller out of the game, that offense wasn't quite the same. And we saw that with Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, they were able to kind of limit Will Fuller's effectiveness until late in the game when it was like 38-20, right? Right. Something like that, 38-21 or something like that. Um, and the other guys just weren't good enough to take a game over. You want to get to the point where, okay, you want to take Tobias out? You all realize you just opened up an opportunity for Jane Greathouse to catch like nine passes. And, and you know, Braylon, Braylon James is going to catch three for 90. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're going to take the top off. And I think that's the thing about this receiver class that is so important is, you know, it's it's – you know, Ryan, it's not one great player and a bunch of complimentary guys. It's it's guys, it's multiple guys that bring dynamic ability in different form. Jaden Greathouse, it's as a volume pass catcher. Braylon James, it's height speed. Dylan Edwards, it's he touches the ball anywhere on the field, and you gotta be like, <gasps> you know, you hold your breath for a minute. Same thing with Jeremiah Love, you know. Um, I mean, that's that's really where you want to be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, you're right. right. Jeremiah is probably going to be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, heck, it might be six or seven. How many we, did we count six or seven, Ryan? It was uh, like six or seven, yeah. Guys in this class that can end up being guys you have to identify when they step on the field. That's an incredible how, amount of talent. How like often? That. How often do you have a year where a guy like Peyton Bowen is your third fastest guy in a class? Well, Brian, you know, Brian, we, like, we were we, we were even talking about Jeremiah Love because we were trying to figure out where he would be in this class, and I'm like, he might be five, but he also might be seven. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, but it's just wild, right. man. 
It's wild because right. you go like Micah Bell, Dylan Edwards, Peyton Bowen, yeah. Christian Gray. Yeah. And there's like a cluster of Braylon James, Jeremiah Love, maybe yeah. Ben Minich, maybe Jane Lamar. Like there's some guys that are c- kind of eke into that conversation where you're like, wow, that's pretty crazy level of speed coming in one class. Yeah. So, guys, I want to update people on kind of what's going on, too. We're still waiting on this news to break. We were told it's going to be around 2 o'clock. I I was given the uh, okay to say that we are expecting a quarterback uh, to decommit from a school, and then uh, that quarterback will be setting up a visit visit to come to Notre Dame this weekend. So uh, we were given that okay to say that we're just not going to say the name yet until we're given the okay. And even then we probably won't because it's the kids, it's the kids moment, not ours. I know there's a lot of people out there right now trying to put names out because it's uh, more important for them to somehow gain Twitter likes and clicks than it is to allow a kid have his moment, but we're not going to do that. Uh, I'm also going to block people that are trying to throw names out there, put what other people say, let's just let the kid have his moment. But I'll say this guys, you, you all know, I mean, these two guys know, what's going on. It's a quarterback that I'm very happy about and very excited about. I am going to say that it's a kid that I've liked for a while. And uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. So we're going to just kind of keep rolling along with our show for now. And when, um, when that time comes, if that, if that announcement is in fact made again, we're now 24 minutes past the hour and still nothing. I just checked in. There's been no, uh, second thoughts, the decision has already been made. He has already told the other school he is decommitting and visiting Notre Dame. It's just whether or not he's going to announce it publicly or not when he was said he was going to. So that's what we're waiting on. But as soon as that as soon as that happens, fellas, we'll we'll let everybody know. But well, I, I called Sean and told him last night. So I was get so Ryan was about like when Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, I think is when I first was made aware of this and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then eventually let Ryan know. And then let, let, uh, Sean know last night. And, uh, because we heard it from our sources around the Notre Dame program, we were uh, informed of it, uh, by sources around the program where the young man is currently committed. And then I have a friend who's, uh, connected in the area where this kid plays high school football. I'm trying to say all this without giving it away. Uh, who's connected in the area where the kid plays high school football? And he called me last night to confirm it as well. So, I mean, this is that's kind of when we decided, okay, let's put our dancing gifts out because, you know, we try to <clears throat> we try to get as much confirmation as possible, not just uh, not just taking one person. So, <clears throat> so we'll we'll let this young man um, we'll let this young man kind of kind of break it and. Uh, uh, I'm just texting here. Um, all right, just making sure. So, yeah, we're still waiting. But, yeah, so we were given the okay to say that that this is kind of what's going on and give some people an idea of kind of what we're waiting on. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a To me, it's a heck of a player, and I can't wait. And it's an interesting backstory, too. So I'm, I'm not trying to be a tease, but I just want to let people know we're not – we're not uh, dragging this out on purpose. We're just waiting on the young man to um, to get his get his stuff out. So, and, and I'm serious. Like, just stop guessing, or I'm gonna just you know, yeah. Somebody said I'm gonna use my eligibility. I would be about I'd be about good two throws before my shoulder would fall off. And then somebody on the board, guys, this was great. Somebody on the board said. Uh, joked about me being it's me using my final year of eligibility. And somebody said, don't we have enough six foot quarterbacks? 
I was sad and laughed all at the same time. <laughs> so, no, I thought it was great when someone said breaking news, Driscoll was about to become the offensive analyst. I know, right? Yeah. No, I, I like, like my job. I, I like I like my job. Somebody asked if this is the only visit the young man plans to take. Yes. Um, let's just say when the decision is made, um, it was made with the intention that that if that that this that there would be a I say this all the time. Normally, when kids decommit, they have a school in mind. Yes. And our understanding is that's what's happening here. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So that's where that's where we are with that. So, well, well I, um, I think I think a good way to take this conversation then, while we wait for the breaking news, is to conclude the recruiting side of this conversation. 